the reason for church splits, I'm telling you, it's because people lost their vision. Families, husbands and wives, they lost their vision and they split apart. We've got to refocus our vision upon what God wants us to put our vision on, what that mission is. If you can't see what God's doing, if it's all about you, you're just going to stumble all over yourself because you can't see what God is doing. Um, open your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And uh, what a, again, a great song selection. And boy, our, the, the, the talent with, the, with our band members and our vocalists and, of course, those upstairs. We always forget about them that run the sound and the computer. But thank you all very much for your service. Thank you very much. Well, this morning our sermon is entitled Straight Vision. And... Um, you know, I believe that we all need straight vision. And let me just explain just for a moment what that means. And you probably got your Bibles open to Proverbs 29, verse 18 already. And here's a verse of Scripture that's often quoted, but I wonder if I really know what that means. And so this morning, I want us to touch once again on this subject of selfishness. Now, over the years, and maybe you can relate with me, over the years, my family has experienced some, diffi- some, some disappointing times. I was going to say difficult, but, uh, but that's true. But our family has experienced some really disappointing times. Maybe like your family, perhaps um, grand plans or a vision had been casted for a vacation. Maybe you're going out to eat or just a, a day out with the family, and you just you put you know days, you put weeks into planning this event. And then the time that you implement it, it all falls apart. Can can I have a witness out there? Anybody ever experienced that? We used to go. We used to go when we were down in Louisiana. We used to go. Uh, we we loved. We'd like we'd like to go to Mr. Gaddy's. You remember that, Tommy? And and you know we would just be excited that as a family we're going to go. We're going to drive to Sulphur and we're going to go eat pizza and have fun. And everyone's going to be just 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 really awesome. And it's going to be a great family time. Or maybe it's going to the park. I remember one time we went to Disney World, and and but I remember that we set all these great plans. We we had a vision for whatever it is that we're going to do, and we when implemented, it just fell apart. Um, you know, we made grand plans, and and is all focused on fun again, on family and memories, but then heartbreak happened. Why? Why? It's because everyone had their own selfish expectations and wants. The whole understanding of of what we wanted to accomplish that day as a family and the the plans that were made, and when, when we got into it, everyone got selfish and wanted what they wanted, and 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 the vision was dropped. That mission of having a fam family fun time it just kind of disappeared because of the selfishness of whomever it may be. Can I have an y'all? Can y'all give a witness to that? Has that ever happened to y'all? All right, now you're kind of sleeping on me here, so give the Lord a hand, will you? I, I, I think we've all experienced that. You know, selfishness is what we're going to be talking about really today. And when we put our own expectations ahead of the mission, um, selfishness, listen to this. And uh, don't turn there, and I don't have them on the screen, but listen to this about selfishness. Because I think we are like kids, and God has this great plan and this great vision. We just get so stinking selfish 
that we don't have we don't we don't follow through with his vision we don't follow through with his plan you get it it all becomes about us what i'm comfortable doing what i want to do what i don't want to do this makes sense to me that doesn't make sense and this isn't about me and so i want us to see this morning that the root of that usually is just plain selfishness Look, listen to me. Listen to this. James chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder and, and every evil thing. You hear that? Where there's jealousy and where there's selfish ambition, when you're out for yourself, there is disorder and every evil thing. Do you get that? Every evil thing, God's word says, when we let jealousy take over, when we let selfishness take over, God's saying there's going to be disorder. And and not only is there going to be disorder, but you're opening up to every evil thing that's out there. Ephesians chapter 4 says, you know, you just give a place to the devil and he'll take over. Well, that's for that's selfishness and jealousy. That's what it leads to. 2 Corinthians 5.15, listen to this. And he died for all, talking about Jesus, so that they who live might no, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Listen to this one about selfishness. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interests of others. Selfishness really, listen, really is a killer in your family, and it's really a killer in the church of God. It destroys the fun, it destroys the unity, and it destroys the vision. God has a vision for us. Now, I was thinking about this, and do you know anyone who suffers from glycoma? I was talking to one of our, our, our parishioners, and, and, and he was telling me about his glycoma. But it was explained to me that fluid gathers and builds up, and it presses against the optic nerve. And if left untreated, um, you go blind. Um, um, and because of the loss of vision, it, it happens gradually over a long period of time. And because the pressure builds up slowly, you might only recognize it when it's quite advanced. And worldwide, glycoma is the second leading cause of blindness. Did you know that? Because those with this disease, they have to put drops in their eyes to keep the pressure down on their optic nerve. Now, I want to share with you this morning that Proverbs 29, verse 18, and it's a warning about a loss of vision. It's a warning about a loss of vision. And, you know, just like with glycoma, I think it gradually (laughs) is a disease that eats us away. Can I have an amen? And we don't always see it, and it's not always in front of us, and so it just kind of sneaks up. The next thing you know, know, where we once was on vision and on mission with God, and things happen, we get selfish, and all of a sudden... We, we find ourselves and we just lose our vision. We lose our mission. And, and, you know, that's what happens to a lot of churches. And that's what happens to a lot of those who drop out of church. You know why they drop out of church? It's because they lost their vision. It all become about them and what they wanted and what they saw and what they expected. And they forgot that there is a vision, that there is a mission that God has for us. And, and, and the reason for church splits, I'm telling you, it's because people lost their vision. 
families, husbands and wives, they lost their vision and they split apart. We've got to refocus our vision upon what God wants us to put our vision on, what that mission is. And, and we've got to keep that mission. We've got to keep that vision. Look, look with me at Proverbs 29, verse 18. And I have it on the screen here for you. I have several um, translations. Proverbs 29, 18. The King James tells, it says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. All right, you got that? Now, what is vision? Well, spiritually, it's seeing what God sees. It's seeing what is important. Vision is mission. All right? The New Living, the NIV translation translates it this way. It says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Now, we're going to combine these here in just a minute for a really good working um, um, translation here. So if there is no vision, meaning not able to see what God wants us to see, our mission, people will just do what they want to do. No restraint. I think that's good. Don't, I mean, that makes sense. Does that make sense? All right. The message, the message version says this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble, they stumble all over themselves. Is that you? If you, if you can't see what God's doing, if it's all about you, <laughs> you're just going to stumble all over yourself because you can't see what God is doing because you're not paying attention. So maybe a good translation for us this morning is this. If we lose sight of God's purpose, we become spiritually blind. Write that down in the margin next to, next to in your Bibles, Proverbs 29, 18. Write that down. If we lose sight of God's purpose, we become spiritually blind. The church, listen, the local church, the church exists to make disciples. And we are to lead lost people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And we are to teach those who are saved how to mature followers of Jesus. That is our mission. That is why we do what we do. That is what we do Monday through Sunday. That is what we do each and every single day. That is God's vision. That is God's mission for the church is that we make disciples, that we lead people to Jesus Christ. That's it. And everything else we do is built around that vision. And we are honoring to the Lord. And our vision is 2020 when we carry out his mission. So if we can clearly see that this is what we are to be living our lives to accomplish, then what clouds the vision in our lives? What pressures begin to build up so that many Christians begin to suffer from spiritual blindness? Selfishness. That's one. Ignorance. Laziness. How about worldliness? Could that be one? You know, we talked about worldliness a little bit on Wednesday night, and I just have to say, if you don't come to Wednesday night's Bible study, I really think you're missing out on something there. We really, take, we just really get deep into God's Word, but we talked about worldliness a little bit Wednesday night, and, and a lot of people have a misunderstanding about worldliness, but I want us to see this morning that worldliness is a, is a real thing, and, and sometimes we, 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 we deem worldliness as being legalistic, but it's not. We, we, we was in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, and I want us to understand that where we were, but uh, worldliness is this. It's not so much an act as it is an attitude. It is an act, you know, but it's also an attitude. And worldliness is simply this, is that if we put more value on the things of the world than on the things of God, that's worldliness. 
You get it? You know, if I think that uh, that uh, that I that I that I want to just that the main thing is making money, making money, making money, then that's worldliness because because we're putting more value than that than that of a, of God. But when God is more important, that's where we should be. Now, I just want us to understand what are some of those pressures? What are some of those things that will that will hinder that will that will that pressure that builds so that we suffer from spiritual blindness? There's selfishness. There's ignorance. There's laziness. There's worldliness. But behind each one of those, listen, church, behind each one of those is Satan, this world system. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, listen to what this says. It says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel. Look, unbelievers are lost and they're living life in the darkness because of the evil one. Christians Two are stumbling because Satan has blinded us as well. Now, stumbling through life, one day at a time, but God has provided an answer to Satan's blinding schemes. Um, look with me again at 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Listen to what it says. It finishes saying, it says, The light of the gospel displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So how can people lost in the darkness experience the gospel light that penetrates the soul? Turn with me again to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want us to read something together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 5 and, five and 6. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You know what the answer is? Everybody listen. It's us. It's us. It's us. Where to be that light that shines in this dark world? Where to be the ones that God uses to reach these people? Where are the ones that God uses? God's answer for spiritual darkness of the lost world is you and me. And his answer is that those who have made Jesus Lord, the church, become servants who reflects the light of Jesus Christ. The light doesn't shine if we preach ourselves. You see, if, if we're geared by selfish, selfishness, if we're geared up by me, 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 this, 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 it's all about me, then you know what? The answer is, is you're preaching yourself, you're not preaching, preaching Christ, and the light is not going to shine through. Paul says this, he says, we don't preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord. Again, selfishness and self-focus can become some of the greatest reasons we start losing our vision. Again, most of church dropouts, church droughts, and church splits is from losing the vision. You know, I was thinking this morning, and I told Tommy this morning, I said, you know, uh, I'm going to go to bed early. I told her this last time. I'm going to go to bed early because I, I want to I wanna, I wanna get up at 5 in the morning. And she says, why do you want to do that? And I just said, well, I just, I just want to spend time with the Lord. And so, and so I got the office really early and just really had some good time with the Lord. But, he was, but the Lord kind of reminded me of this. You know, in the 17 years of pastoring, I've never, I've never been with a group of church people um, where someone wanted to argue about the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I've never had someone want to argue that with me. 
Um, I've, I've never had a church person say, you know, heaven and hell isn't relevant. I've never had that before. I've never had a young believer say that um, old people aren't important, and I never heard old pe- older people say that young people are, are unimportant. But you know what I have experienced is intense arguments over personal likes and agendas. And instead of people asking what helps us accomplish our never-changing mission better, their selfishness and preferences blind our vision. You get it? While Satan gets us to fight about non-mission issues, lost people go to hell. What really happens then is instead of preaching Christ, we're actually preaching ourselves. Satan loves to blind unbelievers to the gospel, but you, want to, but you know what? He also, he also loves to cause believers to lose sight of what really matters, and that person loses their vision. Here's an important truth, and I have it on the screen for you. I want you to, I want you to write this down. Here's an important truth about selfishness. Anytime, anytime something becomes ours, my class, my tithe, my time, my personal life, whatever it is, anytime something becomes mine, it stops being his. Any time your money starts being yours and not his, you've lost your spiritual vision. Any time your Sunday school classes has become yours and not his, you've lost your spiritual vision. Any time, any time Sunday mornings come around and you'd rather go do something else because it's your time, you've lost your spiritual vision. Any time it becomes yours, mine, you've lost it. Families, isn't that what happens when when that great discord happens in our families? It, it, it all, you know, when we go out to have fun or we go out to do something or we or we go out to dinner and and we get disappointed and and we get and then we throw our little fits. What 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 what, what happened? What happened? It's become about me. It's mine. And anytime anytime it becomes mine and not his, we've lost our spiritual vision. And and apply that to your family. Anytime it becomes about you and not the whole family, you've lost your spiritual vision. I wish I <laughs> I knew this when I was younger. Probably wouldn't have paid attention anyways, and probably would have made the same mistakes. But but I'm just I'm gonna save you a whole lot of heartache, you know. Just just keep the mission. What is your mission? Keep your eyes focused on the mission. Hey, listen, Cornerstone, we're we're this is a great church, and I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to push you down on the ground and kick you in the face or anything like that. But you know, Satan wants nothing more than to get in here and just and just and just rough us up. And 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 each person, all of us are responsible about keeping the spiritual vision of this church and making and making sure that we know that our mission is, is to go out and to lead people to Jesus Christ, to make disciples out of them. That's our mission. That's why we do what we do. And it's not always going to be the same way that's always been done, but we're doing it because we love Jesus Christ. And listen, we've got to get fired up and on board about the mission. We can't afford any more time of losing that vision. 
That vision of seeing people saved, because listen, we're not just, we're not just an option for this to get done. We are the only plan that God has to use us to reach a lost and dying world. And the, the days and the minutes and the hours that go by that we're not doing it, people do die and go to hell. And that's important. You know why it's important? Because it's important to God and it should be important to us. It's, it's gotta be. Because that's God's mission number one from the very day of creation all the way till now, all the way to the time that he comes back. That's our mission, and that's why we do what we do. You know, this church is such a giving church, and I'm so excited to be your pastor. I love you so much. I mean, we raised, what was it, $4,500 to send kids to camp. We got, we, got, we got all these kids going to camp today. And you know what? There's going to be some that get saved. And when they get back, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a big baptismal services. And we're not, you know, we're going to do something really special this time. We're going to have baptism outside. We've got our portable baptistry coming. We're going to go outside. We're going to get intimate and we're going to have fun. We're going to have glory to the Lord Jesus Christ because these we had teens get saved. We had some saved in the last few months and we're going to have about, about 10 baptized on one day. It's going to be a glorious day, August the 13th. Mark your calendar and don't go anywhere. And let me say this, that if you've never been baptized, if you have never ever been baptized, but you, but you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to come talk to me because if you're not obeying God in the first thing, you're probably not going to obey God in anything else. You need to follow the Lord and believer's baptism, and you need to come see me because you need to be obedient to God. Baptism doesn't, water baptism doesn't save you, but it is your act of obedience, and you've got to do it. Because, see, a lot of people say, well, I, I, you know, I don't want to because I'll be in so embarrassed. I understand that. I was like that too, but you can't be, it can't be about you. It's got to be about him about obedience, right? Amen? Okay. Well, now we chase that rabbit. Let's get back to another one here, okay? <laughs> so, so all we're talking this morning is about, is about uh, vision. Do you got vision? Is that vision right? So, so we, we, see, we see what gets in the way and what pressures against that. And we see that when it start, starts to become ours, it, stop being, it stops to be his. I was talking to uh, one of our church members, and I think within, and I'm just bragging on the Lord because it's all about him, but I think three cars have been given away from people in our church to other people who needed a vehicle. And so when I was talking to someone uh, this week, and uh, they really needed they really needed some money, and so I just made the suggestion, or the suggestion was made, why don't you sell that extra car that you have? And they said, oh, no, 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 no. We're waiting for the Lord to tell us who to give that car to. Huh? See, that car is his. It's not theirs. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. You know, it's, it's all about vision. It's all about vision, vision, vision. All right, so God said this. God said, let light shine out of darkness, right? Let light shine out of darkness. And light penetrates darkness. Light reveals what is good. Light is more powerful than darkness. And so John's gospel tells us that the light of creation, now listen close, the light of creation came as the spiritual light that gives eternal life to a dark, dead world. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and 9 through 14. Here it is. The whole point of that, of that verse of scripture is, is that he didn't stay in heaven, folks. <laughs> he didn't stay in heaven. He came, and only by doing that could we receive him and become his child. 
The world cannot receive the light of Christ if we don't live out his grace and truth in the darkness of this world that it actually is. Again, this local church, um, us, the church should be a place we recharge our batteries so that we can shine his glory in our everyday lives and relationships. The book of Acts, it tells us that the Lord added to their numbers daily. Daily, not on Sunday mornings, daily. Why? Because they was out being the light in the dark world. Because they had vision. They had mission. But the Lord added to the church daily. The church is just the body of Christ. It's all of us. And this local church needs to be out, be in the light, and so that the Lord is adding to the church daily. If Christ doesn't shine in your heart Monday through Saturday so that people trapped in darkness are saved, there's no real reason to get your batteries charged on Sunday mornings. I'm just saying. That's why he created us anew. So let me ask you, does, does our life preach us? Does it just preach yourself or does it preach Jesus? Are you servants for Jesus' sake or consumers for your own? You're one or the other. Like we said Wednesday night, there's only two ways to live. You either live by sight or you live by faith. You can't have it in the gray. You can't do both. Does this world see our face or the face of Jesus? That's vision. That's vision. You know, when I leave here, I'm going to the hospital. And I don't want them to see my face. I want them to see Jesus' face. I want to go into there because it's, they're, they're darkened, they're troubled, and I want them to be encouraged in the name of Jesus Christ. You've got to have vision, vision, vision. Your, your place of appointment that you go into, don't let them see you anymore. Let them see Jesus no matter what it costs you because it's all his. You've got to have vision, 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 mission, mission, mission. Vision and mission is the same thing, you see. Now, we're going to close up with this. Well, let's go ahead and turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Can we do that? 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, the Bible says, be in the world but not of the world. I, I, I thought about this and I, because some people sometimes will use this as an excuse not to let our light shine because, we, because we, we, we misinterpret this text. But it says, be in the world, but not of the world. And this is simple. The world, what is the world? It's the lost. Okay? I want you to understand that. The world is talking about the lost and they're trapped in darkness. And our job isn't to judge the world um, it is our mission to save it. Listen to what um, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 9. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not at all mean with the, with the immoral people of this world or with the covetousness of the swindlers and the idolaters, for then you would have no... Have, have to go out of the world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is a immoral person or covetousness or an adulterer or a viler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging out, outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church? Now, listen, listen close. Listen close. 
Godly Christians are to judge, but it's never to judge those outside of the church. It's those who claim to have vision and don't. Now, follow me here, because that's what Paul was saying. He was telling them, hey, 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 I wrote you earlier, but you're not doing this. Because, hey, you know, you're supposed to do this, but don't do, but don't do this over here, talking about the brother and sister in Christ. So, so um, it's never those outside of the church. It's those who claim to have vision but don't have as those that are judged. They're greedy, it says. They're, they gossip. They're idolaters. They're, they're drunks and they're cheats, but they claim to be a brother or sister. That's what he's saying here. Churches lose sight of their mission when they don't deal with the blinding hypocrisy. It's not normal. It's not healthy. It leavens the, 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 it leavens that rots the entire loaf of bread. Look, with the vision, we are seeing people as he sees them. Now follow me. It's a vision that is revealed through the spirit of Jesus living in us. It makes us love the lost and hurting to seek them like he did. Now let me end with this. Let me end with this. Remember the church of Laodicea? Remember what God said? He said, he said, remember this? He said, he said, you're neither hot or I'm not, we're not going to read the text, but he says, you're not, you're not either hot and you're not cold. So he's saying, you church of Laodicea, you have, you've, you've lost your vision. That's, that's basically what he's saying to him, because if you go ahead and read in those verses, it says that you have, you have no want, you're, you're independent, you can do it all yourselves, you, have, you, you don't need me, that's how you live your lives. You know why they was like that is because they lost their vision. And, and I want us to understand that in all of the Bible, that was really the only time I ever seen where God looked at some group of people and said, I, just, I look at you and I want to throw up. He looked at a bunch of people without vision, and it made God sick to their stomach. He said, I've given you the mission to go out and to be my disciples, and to go out and to be my light in this world, and to lead people to Jesus Christ, and to lead people through Christ, but you know, you don't do it because you lost your vision. That's what he's saying there in those verses. The only time God says, you make me want to throw up. It's because a bunch of people, because a bunch of people lost their spiritual vision. So the cure, well, the cure can be found in those verses as well. And the cure is, is to be earnest and to repent, meaning stop pretending, stop being so self-sufficient and prideful and turn back to God with a broken and contrite heart. You know, it's hard to rekindle lukewarm embers, but Jesus says this, and he says it here in these verses. In verse 22, he says, here I am standing standing at your door, knocking again. Let me back in, and I'll have an intimate meal with you, is what he says basically in those verses. Do you know what makes a good church? Listen to this. I found this, and I want to share this with you. You know what makes a good church? If all lazy folks will get up and all sleeping folks will wake up and all discouraged folks will cheer up 
and all gossiping folks will shut up, and all the dishonest folks will confess up, and all the estranged folks will make up, and all the bitter folks will sweeten up, and all the lukewarm folks will fire up, and all the dry bones will shape up, and all the sanctified folks will show up, and all the leading folks will pray up, and all the true soldiers will stand up. Then and only then will we have a good church. <laughs> yeah, give the Lord a hand, you know. If all the lazy folks will get up, is that you this morning? Lazy? And all the sleeping folks will wake up, and all the discouraged folks will cheer up, and all the gossiping folks will just shut up, and all the dishonest folks will confess up, and all the estranged folks will just make up, and all the bitter folks will just sweeten up, and all the lukewarm folks just get fired up. (laughs) I love that one. And all the sanctified folks will just show up, and all the... Uh, leading folks will pray up and all the true soldiers will stand up and then only then will we have a good church. You see, it's when we all have a vision and when we all let it stop being about us and be about him and his vision. That's when you're a good church. We're going to wake up and we're going to pray up and we're going to sing up and we're going to teach up and we're going to stay up and never give up. Everybody say amen. We're not going to back up, and we're not going to shut up about Jesus Christ either. Our mission never changes. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. But you know what? You've got to obey in everything he commanded you to get out there and to be the light that he wants them to be. Only people who have had their spiritual vision restored can do this passionately. I've told this story before, story of uh, William Carey, missionary to India. And uh, at one point in time, um, they took um, eye surgeons there. And there was this old man in a far, far away village. And uh, William Carey apparently had brought this man to this clinic. And he was blind. And when he got to the eye doctor, they found that he had cataracts all over both of his eyes. And so they removed those cataracts, and this older Indian man could see again. And he was so marveled, and he was so moved that he was cured from this horrible disease for years that he couldn't see. He went back to his far village, back to his people. The story is told that two weeks later, the doctors were inside their medical clinic, and they heard a knock on the door. They opened the door up, and to their surprise, they saw 20 men and, tw- and, and ladies, ladies holding on to a rope. And at the front of that rope was that man who was there two weeks before that got his cataracts removed. You see, he went back to his, to his home, and, and uh, it was like 60 miles away. And he took a rope, and all those blind people held on to the rope, and he led them back to where he knew where he got help. Isn't that incredible story? You know, someone held the rope for us when we got saved. 
Someone was the light. Someone led us. Someone, someone, someone got the spiritual vision before us, and they told us about Christ. See, they, they held that rope, and they pulled us along. And so my question to you this morning is, is do you really have that spiritual vision? Do you, do, you, do you have it? Because without that vision, listen, you're going to stumble around and walk, and, and people will die and go to hell. And that's what we're saying this morning, is that just as someone held that rope and pulled that rope and led you with that rope, who's rope are you holding this morning? If you're not holding anybody's rope, then I'm telling you, you you, you don't have the spiritual vision of what God wants you to have. We should all be holding someone's rope. Listen, we could all be going to our, to our, to our schools and to our workplaces and to our neighborhoods and, and, and just each and every day that we, that we got that rope and there's people holding on and we're leading them by our witness, by our lifestyle, by our love for them. And that's, that's how we're going to do it. But we got to have that spiritual vision. Everybody, amen. Hey, we're doing things great here. I'm not saying we're not, but I'm, I'm just your pastor and I love you. And we just want to come, you know, full of the Word of God and full of the Holy Spirit, and I love you. And I just want us to see this morning that don't ever lose sight and don't ever lose your spiritual vision. We know it happens, but don't. Don't let it. If you're here this morning and if, and if you have lost your spirit, spiritual vision and this much or this much, it's time to get that restored. Be tenacious. Repent. Because God says, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. All you got to do is let him in and he'll sup with you, it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 22. Amen. If you're here this morning, if you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, this morning's the time, your anointed time, perhaps the Lord has for you to make that commitment to follow him and to, to confess him and to repent of your sins and to follow him and that you'll have eternal life. Maybe that morning is now for you. Maybe that, that time is now for you. All right? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come to you this morning, and boy, it's just so easy for it to just be about me and lose sight of that it's about you and that we're all just living on borrowed time as it is. and. But the truth is, is, is um, 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 we're, we're, we're new creatures in you. And, Father, old things are supposed to pass away, and behold, all things become new. And, Lord, there's a new direction for us to live, and we understand that there's mission one, and we understand that that involves others, and that we're to be a lighthouse to you, Lord, that we keep that spiritual vision of um, leading people to Christ and to uh, make disciples out of them. And, Lord, to be obedient in front of this lost and dying world. And, Father, I pray that all of us will just get refocused on vision one. Maybe, maybe there are some things in our lives, Lord, and I just pray over our congregation that you'll just show them this morning. Maybe there's some things in our lives that we're calling ours, and so that now it's no longer yours, and therefore we've lost our spiritual vision. Whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's talent, whether it's just perception, whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that you'll just have your work in all of our hearts this morning. Perhaps there's some that are bitter and we just need to sweeten up. Perhaps there's some that are sleeping and they just need to wake up. 
Perhaps there's just some here this morning that's just given up hope. But Lord, this morning they need to come and receive hope. For we know that all hope and all perfect comes from you and from you alone. We ask you, Lord, to have your way in our local church. We just pray, Lord, as a church that we could just just take mission one and just see people saved, that we will, will, will all of us do the work to see people saved, to see people to know the truth about Jesus Christ and the truth about where true hope is and comes from. And, Lord, I, I'm just like Joanne this morning. Lord, uh, if you can take care of the birds and the way you do, how much more that you love us, that you can take care of us. Maybe there's one in here this morning that's hurting and has something going on this morning. They just need to come and just be afreshed in you to be re-encouraged in, 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 that, in, in what your mercies can do and accomplish and what your power can accomplish in our lives. Lord, I pray for your greatest blessings upon this local church to go out and be the light of this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me, please.